Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode number 49, listener supported. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight are Matt. What's up, everybody? And Tom. How you doing? We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. I don't have a creative title this week. I mean, it is what it is. I feel like we established this from a long time ago. Well, Sorry. Pete, I expect a lot out of you. Yeah, I know. I, I feel like I really let the group down. I'll make it up next week. Next week will be our 50th episode, so we're going to have to come up with something extra creative. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's much more to explain versus you know, listener-supported. I think that fits fits what we're going to cover tonight uh, very well and if you've been a long time listener you're you are aware of what's coming you have been a part of uh, many episodes like this because of the format of this and because we're actually recording this a little bit earlier than we normally would we're going to just skip the news for tonight we're going to go ahead and make it up probably next week we'll have an extra long news segment really no news has come out to speak of since we've done our last podcast one thing that i want to hit that i don't think we covered we mentioned it last week, but we didn't really cover it. We mentioned Ziploc bags at Splash Mountain, and that is because Ziploc has become a sponsor of Splash Mountain, and they're going to be giving out themed bags for people to put cell phones in so they don't get wet. I know we kind of talked about it a little bit last week, but we didn't really uh, didn't really mention that they were the sponsor now, so I did want to bring that up and kind of clarify it. Before we get into our listener questions, which we do appreciate all you guys sending in, we're going to pause for just a minute here and go ahead and, uh, and hear from both of our sponsors, Kingdom Strollers and Destinations with Character. So your family is coming to Orlando, and the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. Destinations with Character Travel Agency is your one-stop shop for Disney vacations, cruises, and more. With clients ranging from the magic makers of Hollywood to the business executives of New York to families from all over the U.S., people trust the travel consultants of Destinations with Character to make their magical dreams a reality with the patience, care, and attention to detail they deserve. With over 50 years of experience in Disney and worldwide travel, are over 30 travel consultants trained to give the best prices and service possible. Destinations with Character has the tools to make the difference for you. Find out how to take the stress and hassle out of your vacation. Simply contact them to let the magic begin. Destinations with Character Travel, making dream vacations come true every single day. Visit their website at www.destinationswithcharacter.com or email them at info at destinationswithcharacter.com and be sure to tell them that the Men Do WDW podcast sent you. All right, guys, let's go ahead and get started answering these questions. Again, want to thank all of our listeners that sent in questions. We do really appreciate it. You guys make these episodes possible. Tom, you want to start off? Yeah, yeah, I will absolutely. And also wanted to thank thank our two our two sponsors because they did participate as well, sending in some questions with uh, destinations with character travel agency and Kingdom Strollers. Uh, I did want to give them a shout out because they helped us out as well. But let's go ahead and start. And this is one that that we've seen a good bit of, and we've actually run into uh, in our our experiences at Disney. And the question is, can we book two different dining experiences at the same time? Uh, so a couple examples of why you may try to do this. Maybe your family of four and a husband wants to take one kid to one restaurant and a wife wants to take a kid to another. Or say you're going on a trip and you're trying to get multiple restaurants at the same time and then decide which one you want to choose from. Uh, so the answer is actually no. You're not permitted to book dining reservations in that 
uh, within two hours of another dining reservation. So you can't get two dining reservations at 7 p.m. Disney operates under this uh, this rule mainly because they don't want people just hoarding dining reservations and keeping them from other people to get them. So if you have any unusual circumstances, you you need to, and you have to book two separate reservations. You can do it within two hours of each other. So maybe a five and a seven, seven fifteen, or a six and an eight, eight fifteen, something like that. But you cannot do two at the same time. I think what Thomas is talking about makes a whole lot of sense. Um, you don't want people that are just you know coming to the park saying, you know what, I don't know if I'm gonna be in Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, or Epcot tonight. So I'm just gonna reserve a spot at all three parks and different restaurants and just you know go over the wind takes me. No, I've I've tried to do this before. I mean, I've absolutely tried to do this trying to get a BR guest reservation at Magic Kingdom and having a whatever Liberty Tree Tavern or whatever uh, reservation and and you can't do it and it actually creates problems when you know if that BR guest reservation does pop up you've then got to cancel your other reservation before you can reserve the BR guest and it slows the process down you don't know if you're going to be able to get it so it, yeah, it's it's pretty risky. frustrating mm-hmm. well i would even you know just go another step further and, you know, maybe when you get to your resort, talk to the front desk, see, you know, what kind of things that they can help you with. Say, hey, you know, we have this reservation for this restaurant. We'll switch right now if we can get this other restaurant reservation. I don't know what Disney can do, but Disney always likes to go the extra mile. Tom, I feel like you tried to call Disney and get a Be Our Guest reservation on the Mendu Disney trip. And I don't think you had any luck at all. I think they told you, sorry, tough luck. Yeah, I mean, they explained that what you see on the app is what they see. Now, whether or not that was true or not. You know, I'm sure to some degree it is. You know, if I would have tried to elevate it, I'm sure somebody could have forced us into the restaurant. But if you just call, you know, your standard customer service line at Disney World, you know, what you see on the app is what they're going to see when they're trying to book something for you through the phone. And we've told the story before. I forget who it was. Was it Tim Allen? It's Tim Allen. Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah. I mean, we've heard that story before. So they're, you know, if they're not going to make an exception for him, why why would they make an exception for you? Mm -hmm. And that was Le Cellier, right? It was, I believe. I think it was a Cellier, yeah. Now, how about another question that you guys saw? This this was a question that came up, and I had this question myself when we booked this. So Disney has show dining packages. We talked about the Rivers of Light dining package. I think it was last week. They have the Fantasmic dining package. The question is this. Does Disney offer any kind of refund or rain check if it rains all day during our trip? And And, and I think specifically they're referring to these shows, but you know, in a broader sense, say you're at Epcot and it rains all day. Does Disney do anything for you because you can't get to, you know, you don't get to enjoy the parks? This was one that Pete and I were talking about off air uh, prior to beginning tonight. And obviously I knew they didn't give you a rain check if it rained the entire day while you were in the park. But we started talking about Fantasmic and, you know, any of the dessert parties, any kind of rides that get ride malfunctions. Typically, the only refund you're going to see is, say there's a ride that goes down for rain, you're going to get a, a fast pass that can be used almost everywhere in that uh, uh, theme park. But if you get rain for any kind of show or firework display, there's no refund offered. I think you ha- Disney has to draw the line somewhere. They can't, you know, especially in Florida with how temperamental the weather can be there, they can't just offer refunds left and right and stack people into multiple party experiences. I think if you made a big enough stink, you could probably get somewhere with the show. You know, you could probably get a ticket for another night. But as a general rule, no, they're not going to give you anything. And and look, it rains almost every day in Florida, right? Yep. So, you know, you've got to plan for that on your Disney trip. Well, exactly. And I would, I would tell everybody the same thing you just said. You took the words right out of my mouth. Plan on it raining. Just plan on it raining on your Disney trip and, you know, react accordingly. If if you do, if you are going to be in a Disney park and it's going to rain, I think Epcot's your best bet, right? Because so many of the attractions are inside. R- really, Test Track is the only one that I can think of that is going to be affected by weather. Yeah, and, you know, going on that topic as well, we talk about Disney planning and we even talk about that, like, can't reserve another Disney restaurant within two hours of another reservation, so a lot of these things are set in stone days, months ahead of time. So you really can't expect them to give you a rain check because they've already planned so far in advance for other guests that are going to be participating and planning to go to that event. That would just be a domino effect that I don't think any theme park, even Disney, would be prepared for. No, and it's the same thing that happens when you show up late for a, for a dinner reservation or you show up late for a fast pass. You're impacting all the people that come behind you. And that's that's why I always kind of stress, hey... If you've got a five o'clock dinner reservation, be there at five o'clock. Disney's going to give you some leeway there, but but do the right thing. 
Anything else on that? So no, we can. Um, this is actually a question that came in from um, our very first sponsor, Destination with Character, and the question is: Can I do two fast pa- two fast passes at Park A and one fast pass at Park B to start my day? So the the answer here, while we all wish we could do this, is unfortunately no. Uh, all three fast passes have to be made for the same park that you start your day in. However, once you work through those fast passes and you've heard us give numerous tips about getting early fast passes in the morning so you can work through them quicker, once you work through the first three and if you have Park Hopper, you can choose a fast pass at Park B uh, for your next fast pass. So this is one place where Park Hopper does come in handy. And then some of the fast pass tips that Pete and I and, and Matt have shared over all the episodes that get your fast passes early in the morning. So you kind of free yourself up to have some flexibility for the rest of your day. Now, what you said is correct right now. However, Disney is rolling out a new service. It's a club level service. I think you have to stay at a deluxe resort to use it. I think it's $50 per person per day that gives you three extra fast passes that can be used at any park. And we have discussed this. And so here I have two thoughts on it. One Staying at a deluxe is not cheap. And two, is this not essentially charging for fast passes? Is there anything wrong with that? I mean, well, no, you look, look at their Dis- biggest competition, Universal charges for it. Exactly. Disney World is inherently not fair. I mean, I- I'm sorry. I wish everybody could go to Disney World. I wish everybody could afford a Disney World vacation, but that is not the case. And so, yeah, why, why should Disney not cater to people who can, who can pay more? I think this has proven to you that Disney World is trying to figure out, can we charge for it? Well, they know they can charge, but they're trying to figure out where's the threshold and where can we push it to. This is a good segue into our next question where someone asked how much do Fast Passes cost? Well, okay, today they, they cost, they're quote unquote free with your park admission ticket. You can take that for what it's worth. I think I shared on, on one of our last podcasts, more recent one, I, when I went to Disney World a couple weeks ago, that the couple we went down with did Universal one day and... It was pretty expensive for one day in the park. Now, they had unlimited fast passes and could get on any ride. So I think Disney knows they could do this, but right now that they have not begun charging for fast passes. However, I'm with you, Pete. I think eventually they're going to be able to do it, and they will do it. Yeah, I mean, the, the question is, do, does Disney go this direction? Why would they not? I agree. I mean, it works at Universal. People are willing to buy it at Universal, obviously. The couple that you went with bought the fast pass. And it was well worth it. I'll put it like, it's yeah. at a price point where... If you're going to spend the money to do it, you're going to. They walked on every attraction. I mean, ten years ago, would you have would you have thought that Disney is going to charge for parking? You know, I, I so I, I'm more of like the go to college football game. You, you pay for parking, kind of is what I'm getting at. So you go to a concert. You do at Disney World, but but at the resorts. Okay, yeah, the resorts I mean, is outrageous. I'm that, sorry, that's, I didn't that's catch what that I'm part talking about. Yeah, the resort yeah. that's outrageous. That's ridiculous because I don't. You don't pay for. But guess what? People are going to pay it. People pay it. You know, it's it's just seen as another cost of their vacation. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the only ridiculous thing I've, I've heard Disney roll out is obviously, your, to your point, paying for parking at resorts. And you, you think if they can pay for parking or someone would pay for parking at a resort, they would probably pay for fast passes. It's not that big of a leap to go from paying for parking at a resort to paying for, for something that used to be free because that's what we did with parking at resorts. <laughs> now, okay, I'm going to flip it. Would you pay for fast passes? Yeah, absolutely. I don't think you can do Disney World without without fast passes at this point. I mean, what are you going to go wait in wait an hour and a half lines all day long? I would almost prefer Disney to. I don't know if if there's a tier system or there's a so so I can give you Universal's background. They have a fast pass where you get to do one each ride one time, or there's an unlimited one. Maybe Disney could have a, the standard free fast pass, the one time or maybe select rides, and then the unlimited. And if they priced them accordingly. You would really have a premium service if you did the unlimited. No, you, you you would. And then you get into the territory, well, hey, can you do, if you have unlimited fast passes, can you do two parks in one day? Can you do three parks in one day? A better question. Can you cut your trip short? Yeah. I mean. And, and that's a delicate balance right there because they, Disney doesn't want people to cut their trip short. Correct. The more the more time they're in the park, the more money they're spending. Di- yeah. Disney, Disney would have to, they have to price it substantially higher i mean it would have to be almost park admission type value like an extra 110 150 150 dollars to have that but we're already going that route with disney after hours i mean you're looking at a second park admission for 120 three or four hours and from what i everyone that's done it that i've heard they said that it was well worth it 
Mm -hmm. So maybe we do get to that point. I don't, I don't know. Now change, changing gears here. Another question. This was also shared from our sponsor destinations with character. Uh, this, this is something they get pretty commonly. And it was, can you share uh, some sit down meals that would not be considered quote unquote fancy? So the, yeah, the way we did it, we basically bro- broke it down to, to places we like uh, park by park, including off, off, uh, off Disney parks. So Pete, I'll let you start. And, and these are all going to be table service restaurants, not counter service. Correct. So Magic Kingdom. Yeah. So let's start with one of my favorites and it's Liberty Tree Tavern. Um, Pete, I think the last time that we went here, um, we were just, it was just the two of us and we had way too much food, but that's one of the best parts about this restaurant. Is it was a very romantic a meal, I think. And, and Pete, Pete, you're right. I mean, it was romantic. Um, it was a little too romantic. You need to um, tone that down a little bit. But no, we had a, we had a great time. And um, it was a lot of food. And it was enough for us. And it's good enough for our family. And I do want to say about these restaurants as we go through them that just because they're not fancy doesn't mean you don't need a reservation to eat here. There have been plenty of times where Liberty Tree Tavern has been completely booked and they're not accepting walk-ins. So, you know, just because something's not fancy doesn't mean you don't need a reservation for it. So next restaurant, I've had a lot of good experiences here. Tony's Town Square. Average Italian food. It's quick for the most part. If you've got kids who are picky eaters that all they're going to eat is noodles with bread sauce on them. This is this is your uh, this is your home. Yeah. So let, let's make sure we're emphasizing that we're, when we hear a question like this, we're assuming you're taking kids there. There's much better Italian in Disney World than Tony's Town Square. I think Pete summarized it very well with its average food. It is very average food, but also it's very compatible with families. And Pete's right. If you have a kid that just wants noodles and, and red sauce, this is your spot. And there's not going to be much more flavor than noodles and red sauce. You know, I know Pete has had re- really good experiences here with, with his wife, and there's certainly areas where that can be had. But in general, this would not be a fancy sit-down restaurant. But the one thing that I think is going to be a theme, and especially our Magic Kingdom restaurants, is Tony's is filling. And so is Liberty Tree. And, you know, you're going to you're gonna walk away from here stuffed. So that could be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on how much more walking you have to do when you're going to... You know, that's, that's a good point. And, and moving to our next restaurant in Magic Kingdom, uh, Crystal Palace, it's a buffet. It's a character meet and greet. It's Winnie the Pooh and Friends. Again, we kind of looked at this question as there would be kids involved with a non-fancy meal. This is a buffet-style meal. The food's actually pretty good, all things considered. You know, and I like I like the atmosphere in this restaurant. I like the architecture on the inside. It's really open. It's really light. I, I like this restaurant a lot. And it is loud though. I will, I will tell and you And it, it is loud. It is loud very loud. Now, Pete, I wanted to ask you because you may be the only one on our podcast who has dined here. Be our guest for dinner. I've done lunch. Lunch is extremely casual, but is dinner different? It is different. And, and Disney has a new menu there, right? So it's, it's going to be a little bit different than my experience. There were fewer families, although not really, but there were fewer families there at dinner than there were at lunch. The atmosphere was not as loud, although in that main ballroom, it's, it's hard to be quiet. Mm-hmm. So it's certainly not an intimate. Now, I didn't, we didn't eat in the West Wing or the library. We didn't eat off to the side. We ate in the main ballroom. It's kind of hard to have an intimate dining experience in that in that main ballroom. Would you call it fancy? I don't think it's fancy. I mean, the food is certainly a little bit nicer, a little bit fancier than what you would get at a Tony's Town Square. Okay. Yes. But I wouldn't consider it fancy. Look, I don't think there's any restaurants at Disney World at all that are truly fancy other than maybe Victorian Alberts. Even Le Cellier is good food, but it's not it's not fancy. When I think about fancy, I think about a, a coat. I think about like a button up and a tie and a coat going somewhere. You're really not going to find that in Disney outside of maybe some of the resorts, I would say. Narcoosies or... Anything, anything if you look at the dining plan that's two table credits is more fan- more except like a La Cellier. I mean, there's a few And I, I think the there. food gets fancier and the food gets more expensive. In certain cases it does, but but you look at, you look at La Cellier, you look at the Brown Derby. The food's not fancier there. It's just, it's just popular. Yeah. Well, let's keep let's keep moving here. Let's go to uh, let's go to Epcot, Pete. I'm going to let you start this because I know this is a restaurant that you have a lot of experience at. Love this restaurant. It's very near and dear to my heart, and that is Beer Garden. I think this is great for kids, even if they don't like German food. There's so much here. You know, you've got an Oompa band on stage. You've got bells going. It's just a. It's very much an Oktoberfest like atmosphere. It's an exciting atmosphere. And, and the food's not half bad either. It is a buffet, so you can eat you know whatever you'd care to eat. They have giant beers. 
And if you've got a small party, they're going to sit you at a table with another party. So you're going to get to know some new people. But yeah, I, I really like Beer Garden. I actually had, I can't remember if it was Christmas Eve dinner or Christmas dinner there several, several years ago. And remember it being fun and, and went back with my wife a couple of times now. And and have had a great time there every time I've gone. Yeah, I, I don't have much to add. I'm I'm not a uh, not not a huge fan of the style of food, and I'm definitely not a beer drinker. So this is not the stop for me. But the reviews are fantastic. Anyone I've talked to who has been to the restaurant really enjoyed themselves. So I would agree that that this is a really casual place. Uh, another one that I do have some and quick too. And quick, and that's a good point, too. If you're doing something with a family, not fancy, you, you probably want to get back into the park. Uh, another one that, that I do have experience at, and I know Matt has experience at, is the Garden Grill, which is located in Future World at Epcot. One, it's it's a character meet and greet. You have Chip and Dale. At one point, you had Mickey and friends you know, rolling around the restaurant. Uh, the restaurant, at one point, rotated as well. Uh, and it's in the same building where you would find Soren, you would find Living with the Land, you see a little bit of living with the land in the restaurant. You see a lot more of like what it's like to live on a farm throughout exactly. the entire day, which is yeah. really, really cool. And this is one of those, I want to say this is a, I mean, it's a lot of food too. I always left. This, it's a, it's a family style food. as well. Yeah, I thought it was, it's been a while since I've eaten here, but I remember as a child, a, a lot of the, a lot of the food that they, that they have here is from the land. Yep. Great point. So living with the land, if, you, if you've done the attraction, they talk about all of the items and, and the vegetables that come from this area and service Disney World. Garden Grill is a huge example of actually of what comes out of there. The food's great there. The food's really good, and it's, it's, a, it's a very casual restaurant. And, you know, they actually have reasonably priced bottles of wine there, too. I mean... Really? Yeah, like $35, $39 for a bottle of wine, which... You know, at a restaurant, especially at Disney World, that's that's not bad. And, you know, and Tom kind of talked about going on the Living with the Land ride that's right in the same area. And if you're taking kids, kind of set, like kind of piggybacking on our last episode, some kids love it, some kids don't love it, but at least you can kind of show them, you just ate here and all this food came from this area. Isn't this pretty cool? I enjoy the combination of the Garden Grill and Living with the Land. Now, another uh, another place in, in Epcot that's a good one, and this is taking you back to the World Showcase where we already visited with Beer Garden, is Via Napoli. This is pretty pretty casual. It's really quick. It's pizza, and it's pretty good pizza. So this is one, again, if you're taking a family or you're trying to just get in and out, uh, you're not going back to the hotel prior to dinner, you want to go in what you wore to the park, Via Napoli is a really good choice for you. And it's also very quick. I mean, you can be in and out of here in 35 minutes. Yeah, I know, I know, Pete, you've eaten there a couple times. I've had it as a reservation and actually swapped it. Again, this is another one where I've, I've heard really, really good reviews. And I want to add Rose and Crown to this because... Good choice. I, I, I think Rose and Crown is just a very chill restaurant. It's a must-stop regardless if you're eating, drinking, or just enjoying the World Showcase. Rose and Crown is, is one of my favorite, favorite stops on the World Showcase. Very much a pub-like atmosphere, but but kid-friendly. It is, yeah, depending on where you are and, and that entire pavilion in general. I know that's not the premise of the, of the question, but that entire pavilion is a good spot for you. Okay, so let's move it on to Hollywood Studios. So moving to Hollywood Studios, there's not a ton of options here uh, as far as dining, uh, you know, one-table sit-down dining service meals would go. Most of them are pretty casual. I've, I've dined at every single one of them. Uh, so I have a pretty good experience, and I think Matt has as well. But, Pete, I know one you wanted to hit to start. Yes, I love the sci-fi dining theater. I think it's such a cool concept. Look, it's it's not super food. It's, it's burgers and fries for the most part. But I think it's such a cool idea. You're, you're, you're sitting in cars kind of at a drive-in theater watching old sci-fi movies. I mean, I, I don't know how else I can explain it. But to me, this is one of the first restaurants that I ever ate at at Disney World. And I don't know, this restaurant really set Disney World apart in my head. And, you know, I still think back to, like, the prize they give to kids at the very end is like a Frisbee. I don't know if they still do that, but we still have, my wife and I still have a Frisbee from Sci-Fi Movie Diner. I think it glows in the dark. It, it was pretty cool. Yep. So there's a lot of things that I, I love, first off, I love Sci-Fi Diner. I think this is Disney theming 
that you want and expect to see and feel when you're when you're in the parks. You know, another question we have later in in the Q and A here is is talking about the dining plan. But Sci-Fi Diner is not a place I would want to use a dining plan credit. I would rather just pay for the meal outright. However, with that being said, this is exactly what you're looking for for a, a not fancy restaurant that meets the needs of everyone. The, the parents love it because they're at a drive-in theater scene movies that they probably can remember. And the kids love it because it's a dark atmosphere. You do get a glow-in-the-dark frisbee if you clean your plate. It, it's just, it's a fun, it's a fun family-friendly restaurant. And I'm glad you brought this one up, Pete, because this, this one had slipped my mind. I haven't been there in years, but it, it really has a lot of cool things in it. And it it fits that, it really fit the MGM studios, but it fits Hollywood studios as well. Now, another one that, cracks me up and you have to have a little bit of thick skin to eat here it's 50s primetime cafe and it's a little different than your typical disney restaurant where it's just you know flowers rainbows and smiles 50s primetime everyone's family so you're a cousin you're a brother you're a mother whatever it is the 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 waiter or waitress is related to you and they will scold you to clean your plate they will make sure you have manners. You know, if you have kids that pull out their cell phone, they will tell them to put their cell phone away. This is definitely a unique experience at Disney World. Very, very casual, very family friendly, and a really fun restaurant. So if you're a family that has a child that's a teenager that's starting to get to that sarcastic age, that talk back age, this is the perfect restaurant to take them to because I remember when I was at that age and I shut up pretty quickly after the waitress came in on me a little bit and Told me exactly how she felt about about my behavior. I can remember a time that I went to the bathroom, and when I got back to the table, our waitress asked me if I washed my hands, and I said yes. And she said, "What color was the soap?" And fortunately, you didn't wash your hands, did you? No, I did. Fortunately, I washed my hands. But I was thinking, if I hadn't have washed my hands and just walked out, that would have been pretty embarrassing. And I listen in the men's bathroom. I see plenty of guys go to the bathroom and just keep it keep it moving. Well, to me, this is this is a lot like a Dick's Last Resort. That's kid friendly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, that was like my very first analogy that I was going to say. It's just so much more kid friendly. But at the same time, Tom, I had that same joke happen to me one time. And since then, I've used that joke on countless of my guy friends that go to the bathroom and no one ever has an answer, which is, you know, take that one with you listeners. It's, it's really fun to do. Another restaurant in Hollywood Studios, it's a good one and one that I will... I'm a frequent visitor of, if I have to be, for, for the Fantasmic Dining Package, is Hollywood and Vine. This is kind of your standard Disney buffet. There are characters at lunch and dinner. Uh, at dinner, you're going to have the classic Disney characters. You're going to have the Mickey, Minnie, Pluto, Goofy. And then at lunch, and, and forgive me because I do not have a child, so I do not watch these shows, but you have more relevant like Disney Channel characters. And kids love it. My, my, my now wife and I have eaten there. We did not know a single character, and I think they kind of realized we didn't know the characters. You, you didn't recognize Doc McStuffins? I, I didn't, and the characters kind of just moved past our table. We didn't. I didn't want to take their time because kids are waiting on them, and the, the food is the food is okay to it's average to pretty good. There are benefits of it if you want to do the Fantasmic dining package and get reserved seating. That's a good point there, and then it's it's a pretty laid back. It's a pretty laid back setting. I'm anti this restaurant unless it's for a Fantasmic dining package. The food's not great. You do get the characters, which is nice, but to me, there's so much. There's so many better restaurants at Hollywood Studios. So many. Every other, I would argue every other restaurant at Hollywood I'm, Studios. I'm not is a big fan of Hollywood and Vine. I mean, it's it's okay. It gets you into fast Fantasmic, but I mean, I there are quick service restaurants that I would eat at before Hollywood and Vine. The ABC commissary is well, definitely guys, better than Hollywood. Remember, that's not the question. It's sit-down restaurants that are not fancy. And we're saying that it's not fancy, and I still wouldn't go. Well, then here's a restaurant we all would go to. Mama Melrose's is another sit-down restaurant that is not fancy and still lands you the Fantasmic Dining Package if you book that reservation. And it has much better food. It is. It's it's really good food. Yeah, it's it's a fun, it's a fun staff. The restaurant has some really, really cool pictures in it and Nice historical uh, historical items you can look at. It's in a, it's in a uh, unique it's in a weird location actually in Hollywood Studios. You kind of have to mm-hmm. you have to know where you're going to find it a little bit. But I've never had a bad experience there. If we're comparing Italian food, I would say this is a little bit of a step up from Tony's. It's still not the best Disney has to offer, but it's pretty good food. No, definitely not. You're not uh, you're not anywhere close to Tuto. 
or or via Napoli for that matter. Well, I will say this is the very first place I ever had fried calamari, and I just thought it was the best thing I've ever had. Mama Melrose's, yeah, I like it. Changing changing parks, and we tried to find something in Animal Kingdom because we want to offer you every park. I've really struggled because Animal Kingdom's dinner dining experiences are a little more a little fancier. They they are, but I would, you know, we've got we've got the Rainforest Cafe here, and I I don't think you go to Disney World and eat at the Rainforest Cafe. I just I I just don't. I toyed with Yak and Yeti, and I had not eaten there I, for dinner. That's where I was gonna go. That's where I was gonna go. But I I kind of feel like yeah. I mean, of course, there's Tiffins and there's you know some of these other higher end restaurants in there that you definitely would not consider not fancy. So. Tusker House. Tusker House is a buffet with Disney characters. I would say that Tusker House is a pretty good uh, choice there. It's expensive though because it is a buffet. I mean, what else? You've got uh, you've got Yak and Yeti. You've got Tusker House. You've got Tiffins and Rainforest Cafe. I, I mean, I'm I'm the least experienced with these kind of casual restaurants at Animal Kingdom than any other park. I, I just don't eat at Animal Kingdom that often. I would say your best bet is going to be is going to be Tusker House. I mean, Rainforest Cafe is a safe option. But I would say either Yak and Yeti or or Tusker House are going to be your best bets. You're going to drop some money at Tusker House. I mean, you're going to spend 40, 50, 60 bucks a person. Yeah, I would say 60 bucks a person. Now, did want to hit some places outside of the the parks. You're still going to be on Disney property. We can probably hit these decently quick. Boma is another one. It's relatively close to Animal Kingdom. It's Animal Kingdom Lodge. I was telling my wife about the topic tonight, and she, she felt like Boma was a little fancier than some of the other ones we had listed. But... I, going to Boma, I wore exactly what I wore to the park that day. There were a ton of families in there. I didn't think it was that that fancy. The food was really, really good. It's by far the best buffet we've discussed so far. So I think that's one you could try if you're in Animal Kingdom and you want to do something close by. That's one that I, I think you could you could definitely do. An, another one, staying with the resorts here, Ohana at the Polynesian is a it's it's a really it's a really casual restaurant. Now, to Pete's point with pricing earlier, it's expensive. It's not fancy. I mean, I think you have to talk about you have to talk about Chef Mickey's right now at the Contemporary. I mean, that's that's a very very fun, very very casual breakfast, and you're going to meet all the characters there, which is just an easy way to to knock out some character autographs if you're with kids or you just want to you know have a very very fun morning. Um, you can. I mean, reservations start pretty early there. I think my mom actually gave us like a seven thirty reservation there one time. But but make sure you make reservations because you're not going to get in otherwise. Yeah, you got to make the reservation. A few others that that seem like they're not terribly fancy. Hoop to do review that certainly is not fancy. Whispering Canyon, another one that which Whispering Canyon, I, it's not fun anymore. Like they don't do. <laughs> it's not you know, used fun have, anymore. Well, you used to have kids riding around on broomsticks. You used to have if you asked for a refill, they'd bring you like three or four refills. If you ask for ketchup, they'd bring you five bottles of ketchup. They, they don't do any of that stuff anymore. It used to be a lot of fun. It's just not fun anymore. You know, is it, is not, isn't 1900 Park Fair characters? It is character. It's, it's, and I would argue that 1900 Park Fair is probably the best character buffet at Disney World. I think it's It has the fancy. best food. But it's a character buffet. How can a character buffet be fancy? I'm not going to go I mean, it's there. at the Grand Floridian. I'm not going to go in there wearing a jersey, gym shorts, and flip-flops. Well, see, here, and here's my argument to that, Tom. I think anywhere you go of any of the restaurants we've mentioned today, you're going to see somebody wearing gym shorts, a book bag, and a t-shirt, and you know Nike Air Air Force Ones for lack of a better like shoe. But That's yeah, you're going to be point. hanging out with you know you're going to be having a good time with a lot of people that are doing the exact same thing you're doing, trying to be comfortable as they work their way through all the parks. And and 1900 Park Fair is good food. I can't mention that enough. Like if you want to do a character breakfast, but you st- or a character dinner for that matter, but you still want to eat decent food, this is your go-to. Now moving to our next question: How does Rider Switch work, Pete? You're at the point where at some point you're going to take your child to Disney World, and it may be different then. But I know you know a decent amount about Rider Switch, so can you explain how this works for our listeners? Okay, so first thing that you want to do is you want to make sure that a ride has Rider Switch. Obviously, if the ride doesn't offer it, you're not going to be able to use Rider Switch. Um, so for Rider Switch, you wait in standby line and you wait with your entire party. So you would wait with mom, dad, and the two kids. Once you get to the front of the line, you let them know, hey, we need to do Rider Switch. The first adult would get on the ride. 
with whatever kid was riding. The second adult would wait with the other kid that couldn't ride. Once those folks get off the ride, the second adult who did not ride on the ride before would be able to get right back on the attraction and ride it immediately without having to wait in line. Now, would they have to wait with... So, like, they wait, they watch, like, their other adult go on the ride with the child. And then the child comes off with the other adult. Could they then ride the ride again with the child, or are they pretty much a single rider? So... Each ride, each rider switch pass is valid for up to two other guests. So you can actually bring two other guests on the ride. And you don't have to use the rider switch immediately. This, is, this basically goes on to your ticket as an entitlement. In the past, Disney issued paper rider switch passes. And we talked about this before. People were selling them on eBay for a couple hundred dollars. So people were using them as extra fast passes in essence. But Disney's, I believe, in the process or has done away with that. So they're actually putting these on people's tickets as entitlements, so you can't sell them anymore. We can thank you for putting a stop to that. Well, I hope so. I think now the process is you you literally go up and, and scan your magic band, and that validates your rider switch. But yes, once, once you have the rider switch entitlement, you're able to take up to two other guests with you on the attraction. All right, so one of the things we get a lot of questions about is which dessert parties get the best reviews and like what's worth the money. So let's start in Magic Kingdom. Hold on, can I interject Tom, can here? we get your opinion on dessert parties? None of them are worth it. <laughs> there, there are, there I, are I some mean, with... I, I think if we go park, I don't think we can go park by park because there's literally one dessert party per park. So I, I, don't, know that I, can, I don't know that I can recommend any dessert parties. Look, these are 80 bucks a person. Well, $80 for an adult. And about $50 for a child. For $80, I could buy 10 bottles of champagne and still have money left over to buy some cakes and pies. Here's where I want to go with this. Obviously, we're, we're here to answer your questions. The ones with the best reviews typically are in Magic Kingdom because that's the best fireworks show across the board. Most people believe that. And then the second best one, a Galactic Spectacular, is a really, really good fireworks show. And the dessert's pretty cool. You interact with a lot of Star Wars characters. In general... I don't think any of them are worth it to hit, to hit what they're all called. You have the fireworks dessert party in Tomorrowland Terrace. That's Magic Kingdom. You have the Frozen Ever After sparkling dessert party in Epcot. You have the Galactic Spectacular dessert party in Hollywood Studios. And then you have, unfortunately, the Rivers of Light dessert party in Animal Kingdom, which is not, it's not even close to worth it. Don't even consider that one. You left off the Tiana one, too. I did. That's, that's a very good point. So you have two in Magic Kingdom, I guess. But... It's just, it's really, really expensive for what you get back. And I, we've all talked about this. You can view these fireworks shows with a really, really, really good view. You, you can get in a spot that looks great without paying this money. And and yeah, and you talk about not only that, but just like the price of getting into the park and then just add this on. Like that's like, I want to really drive that point home. This becomes a double park admission just to watch fireworks that you could watch for free if you listen to our podcast and listen and go where we tell you to go. And I'm okay with spending more money at the park. Don't get me wrong. I'm totally okay with dropping another $120 for Disney After Hours. 100% okay with that. But that has real value. This doesn't get you anything. Totally agree. You do a day in Epcot and then you spend $120 to get into Magic Kingdom for the last three hours. You've done two parks in one day. I agree. I mean, if I had to rank these for you, I'd say either of the Magic Kingdom dessert parties in the number 1A, 1B slot, probably Hollywood Studios, the Galactic Spectacular in the two, and then Epcot, Frozen Ever After, three. And that is solely based on which fireworks shows I enjoy the best. I would And you, you forgot your favorite, which you would recommend over anything else. I would seriously never <laughs> consider. I will, ne- I, I, I will put this on record. I will never sit through Rivers of Light, even if there's someone who's never been and wants to see it. I will never sit through that show again. Well, Tom, can I can I pay you to sit through it? You couldn't what pay me seventy nine bucks an adult to sit through it. It's it's not worth it. It's a waste of time. <laughs> I think that's and that's where the point is made. I don't have a problem with that justification at all. I agree. I don't think these are worth it at all. If your kid has to do it, sorry. Well, I think the next topic that's on our um, listener supported question list, and we've talked about this. You can go back and look at and when I say look, you can listen at a lot of our podcasts. And I don't know what number it is, but. Are the, the dining plan and memory maker worth it? You're going to get varied responses here. Um, so I'll let Pete start. I know Pete is very much against the dining plan. No, I wouldn't say that I'm against the dining plan. I just, 10 years ago, I was very pro dining plan. The dining plan was worth it. 
there's been so many changes, so many limitations, so many cost increases to the dining plan since then. I can't recommend it except as kind of a budgeting and planning tool anymore. There's no value there. Yeah, I'd summarize it like this. I think the Disney dining plan is much more of a convenience versus a real savings. Maybe if you're doing the Disney dining plan, which is a quick service meal, a, a table service di- uh, dinner, and then you have well, uh, one quick service, one table service, you can spin it how you want to, and then you get some snacks throughout the day. If that's your plan every single day, go ahead and pay for it in advance. I mean, it, you're not going to save much money, but you don't have to deal with the hassle. Here's my problem with that, Tom. And and when my wife and I went, and I can I can name the restaurant it happened at. We ate it Be Our Guest. We had a meal plan. So my meal was covered with table service credits. You know how much my check was at Be Our Guest? 100 Over 100 It was $175. Okay, but... Without paying for the meal. But give give the listeners why yours was. Well, we, we ordered some drinks. We ordered dessert. We ordered an extra appetizer. And I tipped the woman pretty pretty decently because she did a great job we we have stressed but tips are not included yeah, we have that's stressed one this. thing i wanted to make i wanted to make a point of a lot of people go into this thinking oh have the disney dining plan and i don't have to tip that is very inaccurate and i i can just let you know like wherever you go to get a meal in your hometown tip the same amount please because when I mean, they don't get tipped if you just say it's included in the disney dining plan but i guarantee you that if i hadn't had that disney dining plan i would not have spent near that much money on my meal there it encourages you to spend more money. I agree. I think if you're disciplined and you don't do any add-ons outside of the tip, go ahead and pay for it in advance. I do not. I, I will stand by this. I do not recommend doing a quick service dining plan because they give you more food slash desserts than you're going to want to take in. It, it, at one point, you would have, all three of us would have sworn by the dining plan. I think we're all starting to vary and, and move a different direction there. Now, the other half of this question was discussing the memory maker. And if that's worth it, I'm I'm not against the memory maker at all. I think it's a if if this is a trip that you're going with your family on, you don't want to you don't want to have pictures of all of your family except for you, right? So so if you want to get those pictures, if you guys are going to stop at the cast members and have them take pictures for you, definitely worth it to buy memory maker. If you don't care about pictures, you don't care about having memories of your trip, then no, it's not going to be worth it. Yeah, I think this is you kind of get what you pay for. If if you don't visit Disney World often, or you would like all of your pictures or uh, to be taken by cast members or own attractions, definitely worth it if you want to keep them all. Now, if, if to Pete's point, if you don't care about pictures and maybe you want one or two from the trip, it's cheaper to just buy the attraction or the cast member photo you want. Well, but if you if you if you're gonna buy, I think it's two ride photos, maybe three. I can't remember exactly what the what the break even is, but it's either two or three photos. It's worth it to just go ahead and buy the photo. That's packs. why I said one or two because I knew it was very very it, Disney smart, right? I mean, they they talk well, Disney to for it. a reason. Exactly. Well, I will say that I had a buddy who went to Disney recently. He proposed to his girlfriend at the time, now fiance, and he got that picture. And I don't know if he was doing the memory maker or not, but he sent a picture to us that had the memory maker like watermarks on it, like right after he proposed. So he did not do the memory maker. If he had the watermarks on it, that is yeah, Disney's and, protection. And you don't want that to happen. If you're if you're doing something like that, or you just want to have, you know, you're going with your fiance or you know your best friend, whatever. You know, you want to have those memories that are made. You don't have to take the picture each time. Like you don't have to want to ask someone, hey, do you, will you please do you mind taking a picture of us right now? Like you don't want to be that person. Like Disney has enough photographers throughout the parks that they will take the picture that you want at the exact angle with the perfect background, and it'll be fantastic. I will tell you a little strategy. If you see anyone from a family taking a picture of their family, if you go volunteer to take the picture for them so they can get in it, they will obviously take one for you too. So we are that. We are those people that will ask people to take pictures of us. Now, moving over to some questions that we found with our newest sponsor, uh, Kingdom Stroller. Just a, a few tidbits on why would you rent a stroller, uh, and some background on kind of how that works. And one of the questions we've seen are, the, are is Kingdom Stroller, are, are they able to deliver to the Disney Bell stamps or do we need to meet someone? Well, they will actually deliver directly to the Disney Resort Bell stand that you're staying. And they just ask that you let them know when you're going to arrive. And now another question that they see often, and Pete, I'm, I may throw this one to you, is why would I rent a stroller? Just just speaking from personal experience, anytime you're walking long distances, you're, you're going to want a stroller. Because even a 25-pound little girl gets extremely heavy over the course of a day. And if you're doing Disney right, 
you're walking 10 miles. You're walking 11 miles a day. So you don't want to carry your kid, especially at the end of the day. I think that those are all really, really good points on why you should rent a stroller uh, for sure in Disney World. And you see a lot of strollers, so don't, don't think you'll be one of the few. Many, many, many people have strollers in Disney World. Now, a few personal questions that we received, uh, some of our personal opinions. I'm going to list all three questions, and then we can answer them however you want to. The first one is, why do you think you guys keep going back to Disney World? The first one is, why do you think you guys keep going back to Disney World? The second is, what is the best time to go to the park in your opinion? And the last one is, how long is your ideal Disney trip? So for me, I keep going back to Disney World because I've heard Taylor Swift really likes it, and I hope to run into her one day, leave my wife, and be with Taylor Swift. <laughs> did not expect that answer, nor do I believe that answer. I mean, if we're being totally honest here. Well, see, I've had this this long-running idea that one day Belle would just fall in love with me and I could leave the park with her. So Taylor Swift is not a fictional character, though. So well, maybe there's a lot of bells at Disney. I got a good, I got good odds. Maybe I'm the the weird guy. I I go to Disney because it's always different. It, it I've gone on numerous trips and I think I stress one. Of, my last trip was totally different than some of the ones I've taken prior. And then my wife really enjoys Disney World. Her family enjoys Disney World. So it's a great place for us to vacation at this stage in our life. So I I don't think there's anything better. Um, the reason I go back to Disney is because the nostalgia factor is unlike any other place you'll visit. On this planet for me, I remember amazing experiences I had as a child and I, I get excited for the new experiences I'm going to have every time I go. Every trip at Disney is different, but there's also aspects of it that are just something new and, and just so amazing for me. So that's why I'll always go back to Disney. And that's why my wife now can't wait to go to Disney because she hears me talk about it. Yeah, I'd, I'd say the same thing. It's We've talked about the Disney difference before. There's a lot of places you could take trips in the world, but but I do keep coming back to Disney. And, and part of it is be, because of that familiarity along with the new experiences you can have. So anyway, moving on. Best time to go to the park, in our opinion. For me, the first week in December. The first week in December seems to be kind of the lull in that holiday time. You have kids that just came off of Thanksgiving break, so they're, they're going to be back in school. Their parents aren't going to take them out. And, and it's not quite Christmas break yet. You, you get all the decorations. You get the, the fun festivities that are all throughout the parks. The big drawback here, the hours are obviously cut short because it is kind of the slow season and you also run into rides being under refurbishment. However, take those two two things out of it and even if that happens, it still is by far the best time to go to Disney from a weather standpoint and from a crowd level standpoint. So for me, it's going to be summertime. I just enjoy being at Disney in the times I like remember going to Disney as a young child. I always remember being there in the summer. It was always hot. There was always a storm. It wasn't always like the best from a temperature standpoint, like you're kind of talking. But I always enjoyed being there, and it's just what resonates with me. I'm kind of on the same page with Tom here. I like the week before Christmas. I feel like there's, even beginning of December, you've got all the Christmas decorations up. But to me, the closer you get to Christmas, the more exciting Disney gets, provided that you leave on Christmas Day or the day after Christmas, because the park is ridiculous. On the week between Christmas and, and New Year's. And the, the final question we had, again, it was how long is your ideal Disney trip? For me, seven to ten days, but I think that's a little crazy. I did six days very recently, and that was a great trip. It allowed us to go to Epcot twice and Magic Kingdom twice without having the park hopper. You know, one obviously one day in Animal Kingdom, one day in Hollywood Studios. But the more the merrier for me. I enjoy all aspects of Disney. I enjoy Disney Springs and getting out and seeing the resorts. So, you know, at, at minimum, probably six days, max 14. I, I think that I've got two answers here. If if you're just going to do the parks, I think that five days in the parks with a park hopper is, is plenty. If you want to do everything else, if you want to play golf, if you want to do Disney Springs, if you want to go to the resorts, all that other stuff, I think I think you really need probably seven days. At a, at a minimum, I don't I don't want to set a maximum because I don't I don't know that I'd truly ever get tired of it. But but I think just from a from a minimum standpoint, I think just the parks five days that gives you an extra day to kind of go back and and hit some things that you missed. If you are going to try to experience some other things, I think I think seven days. Yeah, I think all those are really really good answers and diverse enough where you can kind of choose your choose your path and what fits you best. All right, any other questions for tonight? That was all I, I'd, I'd had for us. Again, we'd just like to encourage all of our listeners, if you have any questions, comments, anything you thought we answered well, anything you thought we didn't answer well, shoot us an email, shoot us a tweet, 
we'd be happy to uh, to have as many of these episodes as uh, as we can justify with your questions. So let's go ahead without further ado and move into the secret and trivia question for the night. Tom, what do we got? Yeah, so we're obviously going to start with the secret and then hit last week's trivia question and then this week's trivia question. So uh, secret of the night, and this I, I will warn our listeners, maybe earmuffs for the children. This is a little more more of a PG-13 secret. But as you walk through Rock and Roller Coaster Q, you'll notice concert posters lining the walls. Uh, this is all part of the theming. However, not all posters were suitable for the family-friendly park. Take a close look at the MC5 poster in the queue area. You'll notice an oddly placed American flag that was not on the original poster. Well, Disney actually placed this there to cover up a marijuana leaf that was present on the poster. If you look closely enough and you have time to, to really stare at it, you can still see the marijuana leaf through the flag. I know typically we try to keep everything clean, but this was just a secret I couldn't pass up on sharing because this is crazy. I, I'm shocked Disney still put this, the poster in there. So again, obviously this was a PG-13 secret and that's not our intention for everyone, but this is one of those where I just kind of, I was stunned that Disney even let this get into the attraction. Now our trivia question from last week was brought to us by Matt and it, it was a secret and into a trivia question. And one of, the, one of the parts of it was how many tiles are there on Spaceship Earth? So obviously the centerpiece of Epcot. There are 11,324 individual tiles on Spaceship Earth, which is just a ridiculous number. Uh, so thank you again for everyone who participated. You know, obviously you can participate with us through our Twitter account, which is at podcast, or on our Gmail account, which is mendowdw at gmail.com. Now the trivia question for tonight, the Animal Kingdom logo has five animals on it. They have a lion, an elephant, a triceratops, a gazelle, and a what? What is the fifth animal you will find on the Animal Kingdom logo today? So again, tweet us at podcast or email us at mendowdw at gmail.com. All right, well, let's go ahead and close it out. That's all we have time for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at Podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at mendoodwdw@gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing that you have your time. We'll see you next week.